Coming to you from the heart of the heartland, you're listening to Life Chat, a podcast designed to help independent agents make life easy. It's important to note the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of EMC National Life. Now it's time to get things started. Let's join our life insurance team. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Chat. I am Chad Waller, and I am once again joining you from the comfort of my own home. Thank you, coronavirus. And with me today, we have our usual host, Kurt Till. Here, down in the basement. All right. And Rob Oxenford. When I hear comfort of my own home, I feel like you're in an easy chair. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I was in an easy chair, but I will say, honestly, I am in a comfortable chair because I was able to go to my office and get my chair from from the office. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I still say... This video game chair that I'm borrowing from my kid is by far the most comfortable. You said that. It's amazing. (laughs) Well, one of the benefits of working from home, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Today on Live Chat, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, We have had some questions come in since the initial podcast that we've done, and we thought that today we would address a couple of those. So... Let's get into it. Um, What I'd like to do is bring up the first one that came in. It was a question that said, what is a good way to transition a term buyer to a permanent life buyer? So what's a good way to transition a term purchaser to a permanent purchaser? I guess for me, I've always found the biggest thing is just having that conversation of, you know, kind of what are your objectives? You know, what are you looking for? Um, Obviously, when we have term, I kind of always think of um, debt. That's the first thing that pops in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some sort of mortgage or car loan or something I need to care care about. But on the perm, I think that's where I really think, like, who do you love? You know, who's going to take care of, you know, your estate, your funeral, whatever, if you pass away? So Okay. Yeah, I kind of so, agree with Rob. It's always, it's always going to depend on the client. Um, I mean, how many times do we run into and then talking with agents – um, that we give a quote to for term and somebody's 60, 65, and then they're they're astounded by the price of term at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Where, yes, if you'd have bought a little bit of permanent when you were younger, it would have been a little bit more, but now they're almost like there becomes a crossover period where term is not cost-effective anymore, and you could have had this permanent policy. Right. Uh, it's kind of a cost-benefit ratio mm-hmm. situation. You know, when people are young and healthy, you know, permanent insurance is very affordable, but they don't really necessarily look at the need at that point in time. Well, I don't know that I need it. You know, I have a mortgage. I have three kids. I, mm-hmm. I need as much life insurance coverage as I can get, hence they get the term coverage. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing now in, in dealing with a lot of agents, um, they're having many clients in their senior market contact them wanting some form of permanent coverage because they've outlived their 30-year term. They're they retired ART without... rate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the renewable rate every year, higher, yep. higher, higher, drastically higher. Um, and so they want to get something in place. And so, yeah, they're... They're looking at the end, quite honestly, and they want to make sure they have coverage. But at that point in time, it's extremely costly. So I think for me, the way to transition 
a current term holder to a, a permanent life holder is to speak to them early, show them the examples. Well, as I said, I'd even think kind of even stair-stepping them. I know a lot of times um, agents will have conversations about a blended strategy. You know, hey, we need 300000 in coverage. Well, why don't we do 250 in term and 50 in perm, you know? So then you're still kind of saving on that rate. You might be picking up a 50000 you know, dollar policy for 14 bucks a month because you're, you know, in your 30s or 20s. Um, but you're still getting all that coverage you need. Kind of selling them on the idea that, hey, you are going to pay a bit more just to have this set up as opposed to just doing straight term. But in the long run, when you're 65, like you guys mentioned, you're really going to be happy that you bought this for $14 a month and we've kind of worked our way that to that. And if we need to convert some of the term, we can always add to that too, you know? And you have yep. the cash value aspect too. Oh, sure. Oh, that's even huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fund it for long enough. You, you can you can look at the illustration and see how much premium you've paid in to where your cash value is. And there'll become a point if you funded it for long enough where... It's almost like the policy is paying you. you know, your cash value is going to be more than the premium you've paid in. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like if you uh, take that cash value into consideration, because let's face it, there are several financial air quote experts out there that hate permanent life insurance. They, they don't think anybody should have it. Uh, you should save your money, and at end of life, those savings will cover those expenses for you. Well, that's great in theory, but um, people aren't know, disciplined enough to do that. Right. They're not going to True. buy term mm-hmm. and invest the rest. It's right. Not- the vast majority are not disciplined enough to to have those savings available. So, you know, what I really like to suggest to people is is what you guys are just talking about. Buy it early when it's affordable, and then take a look at that cash value illustration. Maybe in 20 years, if you bought a permanent policy when you were 20, and in 20 years you look at that cash value, you can always stop making payments and have a reduced death benefit that's already paid up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, or I even look put, at it putting that specific, money to work for you. Specific, like um, with Universal Life's now. I know when I first got into life insurance, um, I took over some policies, you know, that were started in the 80s. And when they were sold, interest rates were what? 8, 9, 10, 11, 12% on some of these policies. Um, and that as they weren't serviced, interest rates fell and these premiums were not covering. So they started eating at cash value. Well, now you've got younger agents now that are coming in, setting up these universal lights that have super low interest rates because interest rates are just low. So it's almost like a, a complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Where now, if you sell these um, universal lives, you know interest rates eventually, at some point, I, I feel are going to come up at some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't know when, but they will come up at some time. So they're only going to look better, and they'll be able to take care of themselves a lot better right. too. The policy. And would you like to have, mm-hmm. a, you know, a meeting with the client and say, "Hey, you have too much cash in here. We have to lower the premium, or we need to up your premium." You know, that'd be a pretty good meeting to have with a client saying, "You got too much cash in here." You know, one thing also I guess I would also bring up for kind of the other side of the coin just from a health perspective is that if you are having that perm and term conversation, you know, like you know what your health is today. You know what you, you know, how well you feel if you're going to be a preferred or super preferred or even standard. Years down the road, are you going to be paying ART rates or have you already locked in healthy? You've already got the policy put in place, you know, or going, are you trying to find a new policy when suddenly now you've got diabetes, taking a leg off, you know, who knows right. what. We, we don't typically get healthier. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's what I really think you really have to look at. You know, obviously, cost is always going to be a factor. I don't care who you are or what you're doing. If you're super wealthy, still you're going to be concerned about cost. So I think having that conversation of like, hey, you know what? You're going to be paying a bit more here. But these are the benefits that you're going to see by paying a bit more. You're locking in, you know, long term, yada, yada, yada. But the point is, though, is that I think if you are just looking at just cost, I think if a client, at least I feel the client, if they see the benefits of what they're paying for, what that extra dollar is going to get them, then it becomes much more worth it uh, to go with a permanent policy. Right. It's kind of like if you took the benefits of permanent and you looked at term, and take price out of the equation, what would you get? Oh, yeah. All things being equal, if they're both right. the exact same price, yeah, it was going to go permanent. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could always, I guess, do a conversion, too, down the road. I mean, that's always right. that is always an option, um, you know, but... For- get term in place. Make sure you understand those conversion options. When you can convert, is it always convertible? Can you only convert in the first five years? So you got to make sure you pay attention to that because every, mm. oh, every company does it a little bit different. And also so remember, an answer- you are converting at that age. <laughs> so. Right, right. <laughs> so in answer to the question, um, there are many opportunities to transition a term buyer to a permanent life buyer, but I think we're unanimous in the opinion that the earlier you do that, the more beneficial that's going to be for the client, typically. Right. Okay, good, good. All right, next question. How do the accelerated products or accelerated underwriting process work? Data. <laughs> yeah. I've been getting that question a lot lately. Um, how can, like with our our basic term product and our accelerated product, they're the same price. Mm-hmm. And yep. I've, I've been getting a lot of questions lately, like, well, how is that? Well, it's the same product. It's just the process of underwriting is different. It's okay. quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, and I think- like, you, like Rob just said, data. Mm-hmm. What I think is the biggest thing, too, is people understanding the fact that uh, this accelerated product is that you are still having a fully underwritten product when it's all done. I mean, technically, we really should, with the use of data, is that it should be the same outcome either way we do it. So that's why the pricing can be the same because of that, you know? And we're finding out that it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for a quick backup on that, traditional underwriting process typically requires because there are, might be some people that are like wait a minute what what does accelerated mean what's the what difference? You, or what do you mean by traditional underwriting? yeah paramedics so, mm-hmm. medical yeah. records so typically underwriting for life insurance required a paramed exam records perhaps doctor records uh, you know so you were weighed measured poked prodded things of that nature um, interviewed mm-hmm. interviewed and all of that to obtain accurate data to predict what type of an individual you're going to be to insure for your life. Now, the accelerated platform eliminates a lot of the poking, prodding, and fluid collections. What's really nice about that is we have the opportunity to eliminate some timely hurdles. Uh, We have the opportunity to eliminate some personal contact with someone, especially in today's COVID environment. That's great. And the need for medical records. Right. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. It's going to depend on that. But for the majority Mm -hmm. of people, yeah. A brief interview and then access to data allows us to accurately predict the information that we need to offer you a life insurance product. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. And like Kurt said, well, that sounds great, but that's got to be more expensive. It's not. 
it's the same cost because it's the same product. It is fully Mm -hmm. underwritten. It's just done a different way. But to the client, it's going to feel like simplified underwriting. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and also I think the biggest thing is just, uh, I mean, well, where it comes to the word that accelerated, yeah, we're not coming into your house anymore and now we're using data um, and stuff. But uh, now we're, I mean, in some cases you're looking like going from 90 days down to three days, you know? Um, and I think that's a big thing that I find a lot of people that need to get coverage in place. And I think it's one thing that life insurance as a whole has always struggled with, especially from a PNC perspective. When I'm selling a home auto, I'm walking out with my policy in my hand, you know? And with uh, life insurance, there's always been that underwriting delay, you know, of how long it takes to get a policy issued. You know, you have more times for a client to think like, well, should I do this? The agent's not in front of me. It's been two months now. Do I still want to do this? Whereas this, it gets in place when they're still happy about their purchase. They're still happy about getting life insurance coverage. You know, they're happy with the premium. Everything like that is still fresh in their mind and they know what they're buying, you know? No, that's a very good point. Yeah, by eliminating that time, you're putting coverage in in a timely manner manner and that's good for the agent as also it is for the client all right Mm -hmm. anything else on accelerated purchase it (laughs) (laughs) it's it's where i'd wear it on a t-shirt if i could (laughs) it's where underwriting is heading yes i would say that it's here Mm -hmm. to stay Mm-hmm. Right. I think more and more companies are, are, are going to be going that direction. And I honestly feel that it's just going to get more and more and more sophisticated as time goes. And so I'm actually, I think it's a very exciting time for the industry that all these be coming out. I feel like underwriting kind of, in a sense, remained the same for years and years. But in the past, you know, two years with these new accelerated, the amount of data we have available is it just exploded on what we can do now. So, Okay. Yeah, good question. We should do another podcast like this again. I like this. (laughs) Ooh, nice plug. We We should check out another (laughs) podcast. I think we could do that. So, well, anyway, what I want to do in in summary is just uh, wrap it up here today for us. We had a couple good questions. Term, transitioning into permanent. Earlier is better for most individuals. There are options later in life, but as you know, it gets longer. And uh, then the accelerated products take advantage of big data and, and how we're doing things today. So if any of these questions uh, or any of these topics have created questions that you, the listener, may have, always feel free to get a hold of us and, and let us know. You can reach out to us at communications at emcnl.com. Again, that's communications at emcnl.com. Go ahead and drop us a line. Tell us what you think. Uh, Let us know your questions. And uh, like Kurt said, we're more than happy to go ahead and address those for you. Thanks again for listening. We do love answering questions. We love talking. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But thanks for listening. We hope you found this valuable, and we look forward to speaking with you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks, everybody.